We commonly see among women entrepreneurs is a propensity to fund their businesses from personal resources. Women entrepreneurs may be more inclined to bootstrap their business from their own equity or borrow from friends or family. Women entrepreneurs may be inclined to use personal credit cards as a source of capital. But ultimately, that can undermine their business success. You know, we really at BMO, as part of our BMO for Women program, encourage women to explore the sources of funds that are available to make sure that they're well capitalizing their businesses and accessing the capital that they need to grow. Many of the women leaders that I invited to this podcast over the last few weeks are experts in the financial sector. And they consistently said, We women entrepreneurs often don't know the resources available to us. That's why in this podcast, my goal, especially during this time, is to provide resources and tools to empower you with the financial knowledge to run your business. Each one of these women leaders explain the financial products that can help your business cash flow challenges. However, not all financial products are the best fit for your business. This is when you need to head on over to christinashahli.com forward slash podcast and start listening to my conversation starting from episode 56 with Katrin Petralia, president and co-founder of Cabbage, a fintech company in the US until you reach episode 62 with Jennifer Cook, the corporate lead woman in trade with Export Development of Canada. Now, I understand some of you may think, oh, these businesses are located in Canada. These businesses are located in the US. It's not about the location that you need to understand here. It's about the product, the financial product that can help you with your cash flow challenges right now. By understanding how the product works, it gives you some idea if it can help with your business cash flow challenges. That's the message that you need to gather from listening from episode 56 until episode 62. As you are learning about all of this financial product, another message that I want you to clue in as you are listening to this woman leader is about becoming a storyteller using your financial numbers. All of them, all of this financial institution, private lenders, government-owned banks, they all want to understand your mission, your social impact, but they also need to know your ability to be proactive and how you can translate your idea, your strategy to profitability. They don't ask you to be perfect with your future financial story. They ask you to be reasonable, not too conservative, not too aggressive. No one can argue that cash is the oxygen of your business. Marketing and sale can bring in the cash. But if you don't know how to manage your financial risk, your sweat and dollars equity are out the door quickly. Guarantee. I do offer a consulting service for women entrepreneurs who want to master the skills of storytelling using financial numbers. 
you can book a call with me using the link provided in the show notes and let's have a conversation first to see if there is a fit between us. You're listening to Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Christina Shahli. If you are new here, a big warm welcome. If we are not connected on LinkedIn, please reach out and say hi, because that's where I hang out and share my business finance tips. If you have been listening to this podcast for over a year, I want you to know, I appreciate you. My podcast won't be around without your support. Feel free to send me a private message on LinkedIn or submit your question using the link provided in the show notes. Tell me which part of the conversation in this episode resonates and inspires you. And if you have follow-up question after listening to this episode, ask me. I will do a bonus episode to answer your question on this podcast, or I will post on LinkedIn if we are connected there. This is a free weekly show where my guests and I want to inspire you to achieve financial equality through your business. This week, I had a conversation with a woman leader from Bank of Montreal, the oldest financial institution in Canada. Emily Kerr is Vice President, Business Banking at Bank of Montreal, where she leads a team of relationship managers serving the small business segment across the greater Vancouver market. She shared how Bank of Montreal is helping small businesses during this tough time. Please note, my conversation with Emily was recorded on May 11, 2020, and there have been changes to the Export Development of Canada EDC Loan Guarantee, as well as the Business Development Bank of Canada BDC co-lending program. However, I am certain my conversation with Emily can definitely guide you to ask the right questions if you are in the process of applying for any type of loan with your financial institution. Let's find out Emily's CEO journey. Emily Kerr, welcome to her CEO journey. Please share your journey to get where you are, Emily, because I know you have an interesting journey. Yes, thank you so much, Christina, for the opportunity to be here. Uh, And hello, everyone. It is an honor to be with you today and to participate in this discussion. I'm Vice President of Business Banking at BMO, where I have the privilege of leading a fantastic team of relationship managers who focus on serving small to mid-sized businesses across Greater Vancouver. In terms of my journey, I can share with you, you know, from my perspective, entrepreneurship is a mindset. From a young age, I demonstrated entrepreneurial interests, you know, right from setting up the neighborhood lemonade stand and went on, you know, as I was exploring different career options as a teenager to talk with my parents about my interest in becoming an entrepreneur. And my dad shared with me wise advice, which I think it was at the time, which is, you know, why don't you pursue some studies in the field of business rather than launching straight into entrepreneurship as a way to improve my business acumen and odds of success. So I subsequently went on to pursue an undergraduate business degree and went on to pursue my professional career where I figured, you know what, I better keep building these skills that will 
lead me towards progress on my entrepreneurial journey. And so I joined Johnson & Johnson, fantastic company in the consumer packaged goods and pharmaceutical industry in a field sales role. Did that for a number of years, learned lots of great things uh, in terms of business-to-business consultative selling learned about how to build a fantastic professional network, had opportunities to travel extensively across North America. And then in 2007, for personal reasons, decided to make a change uh, out of that industry and into financial services. And Mm -hmm. so I joined RBC Commercial Financial Services at that time as a commercial account manager. So continuing along in a client-facing role where I was able to work as an advisor to clients, again, focusing in the healthcare industry. And then I'd always had an interest in leadership. So after being in that role for about five years, decided to pursue leadership opportunities within the RBC Commercial Financial Services team. Alongside all of that, concurrently, I also had opportunities to pursue my entrepreneurial interests as co-owner and co-manager of two large-scale heritage home restoration projects where I had opportunities to work on managing the financial aspects of those projects, managing sub-trades and and contracts, and ultimately Mm -hmm. went on to complete both of those projects successfully and and sell them at a capital gain. And then just a few years ago, uh, back in 2015, decided to pursue my longtime interest in further education, uh, completed an MBA program along with a certificate in social impact, and subsequently joined BMO in the leadership team where I am now. Are you also focusing on women entrepreneurship or uh, entrepreneurship in general with BMO? So the team that I lead works with diversified businesses across many industries at all Mm -hmm. stages of the business life cycle, right from startups through growing companies to many who have been our clients for, you know, 30, 35, 40 years. And now the owners are thinking of winding down or or selling the business. As an organization, BMO has an enterprise-wide program to support women-led business because we know historically women entrepreneurs have faced challenges around accessing capital, around understanding the resources that are available. And so BMO has really, over the last number of years, come alongside women entrepreneurs to make sure that they have the support that they need. Okay. So why BMO cares so much about women entrepreneurship? That's a great question. So at BMO, we recognize the power of women. Affluent women and women business owners are the fastest growing segment in North America, and we really want to see them succeed. So we've done our research to understand the opportunities and challenges our customers face, and we're invested in what matters to them. So as a result of the research that we've done in understanding the challenges facing women-led business, in 2018... BMO announced a $3 billion capital commitment to supporting women-led businesses over the next three years. And this Mm -hmm. commitment was built on our prior commitment back in 2014 of $2 billion. So -hmm. I'm proud to share that we're now one year into this most recent three-year commitment, and we've already dispersed one-third of our capital commitment to women-led business. Wow, one-third. How BMO is planning to use the $3 billion in women entrepreneurship? So the $3 billion commitment is available as debt financing. And the underwriting criteria are the same as they would be for any other business. But what we're doing is specifically supporting women through 
other tools and resources to be able to move forward with their businesses, whether it's launching that new venture, whether it's growing an existing business. And so we have a number of articles, tools, workshops, and resources that we're making available to women entrepreneurs. For example, we have our dedicated www.bemoforwomen.com internet site. Mm -hmm. which holds curated content specifically geared towards the interests and needs of women entrepreneurs and investors. In addition, we've created a series of podcasts to inform women on a wide array of topics. And those podcasts are entitled Her Money, Her Way and available on iTunes or on BMO's internet site. And one of the things that we're doing internally is tracking our progress towards this goal so that we understand what portion of our portfolio is comprised of women-led business and how are those businesses doing and and what support might they need as they grow. Okay. So I understand talking to several others, entrepreneurs or CEO from financial sectors, this lack of access of capital, it's very common, you know, for women entrepreneurs. Why do you think that's the case? Yeah, it is a really good question. And something that we commonly see among women entrepreneurs is a propensity to fund their businesses from personal resources. And this was my own experience from the projects that I mentioned previously. Rather than assuming debt from a financial institution, women entrepreneurs may be more inclined to bootstrap their business from their own equity or borrow from friends or family. And this was supported in a BMO-sponsored study a few years back that we undertook in partnership with Carleton University and the Beacon Agency. So we often find, for example, women entrepreneurs may be inclined to use personal credit cards as a source of capital. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. that can undermine their business success because it leads to high utilization, potentially, you know, given in a current external environment like what we're facing now, could be missed payments. And so ultimately, that can have a negative impact on the entrepreneur's credit score and ability to access future business capital in the future. So, you know, we really at BMO, as part of our BMO for Women program, encourage women to explore the sources of funds that are available to make sure that they're well capitalizing their businesses and accessing the capital that they need to grow. Cash flow is obviously one of the struggles among entrepreneurs, including women entrepreneurs, right? Now, what other struggles have you seen so far prior to this crisis that you believe it creates more problem during this crisis or after this crisis? Cash flow, as you mentioned, is really important. And as we've been talking to business owners and entrepreneurs these last number of weeks, cash flow and access to capital are one of the top concerns that we're hearing. And in fact, through our BMO for Women program, we've created a webinar specifically on that topic that we would encourage the audience to check out. But another common struggle that we see is the fact that folks just aren't aware of all the sources of funding that are available. You know, we're working in an environment where information is flowing quickly. Things seem to be changing day to day, hour to hour. And so being aware of all the sources of funding that are available is is an obstacle. And in addition, we do find from time to time that women entrepreneurs in particular may face challenges around unconscious bias or other obstacles in accessing capital. And that's something that we work hard to address as part of our program to support women entrepreneurs. Okay, so let's talk about offers available through BMO to help clients, especially during this crisis. I know that BMO is one of the first banks 
Every time I look at announcement is like with EDC loan guarantee and BDC co-lending programs, BMO is always at the top. Like you guys are launching all of this like before any other banks, you know, in Canada. Before we dive into the EDC loan guarantee and BDC co-lending, can you share so my audience understands how do you help clients or new clients coming into you throughout this crisis? So one of the things that we're very proud of here at BMO, albeit we are Canada's oldest financial institution, we are proud of the way that we've responded so quickly to the current environment. And I think our history has enabled us to learn from past challenges that we've faced. And so over the last number of weeks, we've quickly implemented a number of measures to help support our business banking clients through this extraordinary time. The first thing we did is we introduced our COVID-19 hardship relief program for our business banking clients with an offer to defer principal payments for up to six months and arranging increases to the limits of operating lines of credit. Mm. Shortly thereafter, we worked very closely alongside the federal government to understand what other sources of capital businesses may need. And so our technology team did a fantastic job of very quickly creating a streamlined online application to enable Mm -hmm. our clients to apply for the Canada Emergency Business Account, or CEBA as it's otherwise being called, Mm -hmm. which provides businesses with access to up to $40,000 by way of interest-free lending for a period of time to cover their operating expenses in the short term. We understand that the needs of each business are unique. And so our goal is to check in and see how they're doing. We don't want any entrepreneurs to feel as though they're alone because they're not. There's many other businesses facing similar challenges, and we want to work with them alongside them through this. And so we've been working to understand what support they may need beyond, for example, our own COVID-19 relief program or beyond the SIBA program that I mentioned, where we may need to customize solutions specifically to their needs. And then, Christina, you also mentioned what are being called the BCAP programs. So this Mm -hmm. is the business credit availability programs that have been made available through the EDC Guarantee Program. That's the Export Development Canada Guarantee Program and the Business Development Bank or BDC co-lending programs. Mm -hmm. So over the last number of weeks, as business owners have been working through their cash flow scenario planning and understanding how this current external environment is impacting their business, We've worked very closely alongside our external partners at both EDC and BDC to roll out BCAP programs. These programs are for our existing BMO business banking clients, and they make available up to $6.25 million in capital through the EDC program to support both domestic and export businesses. The initial term for funding through the EDC program is one year with flexibility to renew beyond the year. And we've just been advised that the EDC program can now be amortized up to five years. And so the intent of these programs is to provide businesses with access to emergency funding to support business liquidity. So these funds are intended to be used to support the operations of the business, the liquidity needs of the borrower, including servicing interest payments. And they cannot be used to refinance or repay existing business debt. When you say servicing interest payments, you mean servicing interest payment of an existing debt within the business. And then that debt has to be an agreement with BMO or it can be with any other lender. 
So the BCAP programs are intended for existing BMO business banking clients. And so the servicing of interest payments from the proceeds of these loans would primarily be used to manage day-to-day business operations and working capital and to keep interest payments on existing debt up to date. If they are BMO clients, but they also enter into a debt agreement like prior to this crisis with another bank or another private lender, do you believe that the EDC loan guarantee uh, BCAP program that got approved through BMO, can they use that to pay another lender interest? That I'm not clear on. And that's something that I would need to take away and look into on behalf of your audience. So basically, EDC is the EDC loan guarantee is short term. Well, initially, it started with short term, like one year, and then it has a renewal for another one year. So 24 months. And then you're saying now it can be up to five years. That's correct. With renewal or at the beginning of the approval, like they can get up to five years term. Yeah, good question. So as I mentioned already, the information is fast flowing and and evolving as the situation around us unfolds. So what we're aware of as of now is the EDC guarantee program can be used for loans with amortization up to five years. Got it. And the initial term is one year with flexibility to renew beyond that. Okay, got it. Now, what about uh, the BDC co-lending program? What is that all about? Yes, great question. So the BDC co-lending program is a bit different than the EDC guarantee program that I mentioned. Again, it's a solution to provide businesses with emergency liquidity to enable them to sustain operations, including scheduled principal and interest on existing debt. Oh, principal and interest, while EDC is only servicing interest. That's correct. Okay, got it. The proceeds of the BDC BCAP program, again, cannot be used to refinancing existing debt obligations or to accelerate repayment of existing debt, nor is it intended to be used for repayment of shareholder loans, shareholder contributions, buying back stock, issuing stock options, etc. So it truly is meant to be focused on funding working capital enabling businesses to remain viable, particularly where they've been impacted by a decrease in gross revenue or a sudden drop-off in gross revenue for businesses that have experienced a temporary closure. And so they're trying to find ways to manage their fixed costs or non-discretionary variable expenses through this time. What about the term? Because EDC is a short term. Is BDC more long term? BDC is more long-term, so the maximum amortization available under the BDC BCAP program is 20 years with Mm. terms up to 10 years and interest only available for up to 12 months. When we're looking at long-term capital based on experience, normally it's more for something that is a long-term purpose, like purchasing equipment, is not for operational. Does that make sense to you? Like, I mean... Because the BDC co-lending program is long-term, yet it's for operational expenses. So the goal of this program is basically to help growth of a company so they can recover faster and growing at the same time after this crisis? 
Good question. So you mentioned the matching principle around typically we would see long-term financing matched up with long-term assets. In this Mm -hmm. case, we're working in an unprecedented business environment. You know, I've heard some sources comment this is the steepest economic downturn that has faced the global economy with such widespread impacts across so many industries since possibly World War II. So we're truly in uncharted waters here. And I think it's been interesting to see the response of the federal government through its crown corporations, BDC and EDC, come up with these uh, programs to help support businesses with remaining viable as they work on pivoting and finding ways to uh, sustain their business through this time. So to your question, Christina, around the long-term nature of the BDC program or the Mm -hmm. uh, shorter-term nature of the EDC program, they're really both geared towards supporting businesses who may be facing a negative cash flow forecast over the course of the next few months. And so the idea is to provide a capital injection in the form of a one-time loan that will enable these businesses to cover their expenses in the short term with the option to repay those funds over a long period of time. And so I Mm -hmm. think that's one thing that entrepreneurs need to be thinking about as they consider whether they may need to access these programs. Firstly, we would encourage all businesses to be doing cash flow scenario planning. In this environment, should probably be on a week-by-week basis to really understand what's coming in and what needs to go out. And probably looking at, you know, a best case, worst case, probable case scenarios. And then for businesses who are thinking of tapping into these programs, they're also going to be needing to think about the ability to repay these debts. At the end of the COVID-19, once business has returned to a more typical situation, you know, what will their cash flows look like? Is it a wise business decision to be taking on additional debt? And how will that debt be repaid over a period of time? So these are some of the things that we would encourage business owners to be thinking about in relation to accessing the BCAP programs. I always see when I dealt with lender in the past, I find like businesses needs to be a storyteller. That's how I see it. Because I think from the bank perspective or any financial institution in this matter, you guys have to be able to see what is the current situation How are you planning to fix the situation right now with a future plan? But those ideas need to be translated into numbers, right? Because again, you're going back, your last point here, ability to repay the the debt, right? Even though this is both of them are government program, the borrower or the small businesses are still responsible to repay this debt. And, you know, the way I see it, if you have the ability to repay the debt, you know, if you are confident to repay the debt, at the same time, you are actually helping the economy in the long term. I'm assuming that you have been receiving all this application and then you've been reviewing application for financing. Do you see common missing information from a lender perspective where you can tell business owner need to be ready for before they approach a lender? So a few pieces of information that would be really helpful for business owners to prepare in speaking to their lender is to be able to communicate how their business has been impacted by way of COVID-19. Could be in terms of revenue inflows, supply chain impacts, impacts to staff, 
And so being able to communicate to us how the business has been impacted, what changes have been made in the short term to help the business manage through those challenges, and then what is the likelihood of the business to return to a more typical situation over the course of the next 6 to 12 months. As a starting point, that would be some of the pieces of information that lenders will be seeking at this time. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, as the situation progresses, I think business owners will also be well served to look at that cash flow scenario planning that I mentioned and be prepared to share their cash flow forecast with their lenders because lenders are going to want to work alongside their clients to see these businesses remain viable. And so, helping us understand the challenges that are being faced and what that cash flow situation looks like will help us to be able to provide good advice around which programs are available, which programs would be best suited to the needs of your particular situation. When a business owner is preparing a forecast, there are a lot of assumptions that needs to be used because the situation is uncertain right now. What would be your suggestion for business owner in terms of where can they find like reasonable assumption for their businesses? It's a real challenge right now because the situation is so dynamic and it's hard to use benchmarks or reference points that may have been based on a different type of external environment. So we typically would always advise clients to be cautious, you know, when preparing their forecasts to really think about what is that realistic case. You know, there's no sense in coming into the bank with a best case or a worst case. What is that realistic case? And Adjust the assumptions such that if you are, for example, putting forward an application for one of the BCAP financing programs, that you are accessing sufficient funds to carry you through. Not advisable to make one application and then have to come back a few months later to make another. So in terms of the assumptions that are being made would would encourage business owners to lean in that direction. Is there anything that you have seen within your clients that they have turned it around or come up with a unique scenario for the future while they're applying for all of this financing? We've seen other businesses pivoting to new business models, you know, such as clinics who are doing virtual patient consultations, yoga schools who are streaming live or recorded class sessions, and of course, retail stores who have been quite materially impacted have created online storefronts and are now generating revenue through e-commerce. So I think the adaptability and resilience of entrepreneurs has really been evident over the last number of weeks. How heavily are you guys relying on the forecast of the future revenue or future profitability? So we're looking at a few things. We're looking at the historical financial performance of the business to give us a sense of how the, how the business was performing before COVID-19. And then we're also looking at the cash flow forecast to understand what is that forecasted cash flow shortfall. Alongside Mm -hmm. that, we're looking to understand what other sources of funding, including other government programs, such as the government wage subsidy programs, the SEBA program that I mentioned, the emergency business Mm -hmm. account program, and the rent relief program. So there's a number Mm -hmm. of other government programs that we're looking to understand how businesses are making use of those to either create new inflows of cash to their business or to help reduce their expenses during this time. So that's our starting point. 
And then as we look at the cash flow forecast, we want to understand what is the forecasted cash flow situation over the course of the next number of months, what other sources of funds may be available, and then how will the business cover those cash flow shortfalls? And there's a number of ways. You know, some businesses have owners injecting equity, some businesses have other sources of funds. And then, of course, the BCAP programs that we've spoken about are designed specifically to address these cash flow shortfall situations. Have you approved any of this EDC loan guarantee or the BDC co-lending programs? I'm aware that we have some applications in flight as we speak. I'm not aware of the approval status of those applications, but they're working their way through the system through our underwriting team. Both the BDC and EDC BCAP programs are being underwritten by the major Canadian banks, not by the Crown Mm -hmm. Corporations themselves. And so Mm -hmm. they are working through uh, the application process. Where I would say most businesses are at who are considering accessing these programs is it is at that stage of developing their cash flow forecasts to understand what is the impact to their business of the current situation and how much capital might they need to access. And so we do have a number of clients who are currently working on preparing that information and sending that in to us. Okay. So is there anybody within BMO, if a client comes to you guys and then, you know, they have ideas on how the cash flow needs that they have, like it's just ideas. They don't have a spreadsheet. They, you know, they may have some historical information, but they don't know how to do a cash flow projection. How do you guys help them? So our team at BMO has developed a fantastic cash flow assessment tool that we are making available to our clients to help support them through this process. And of course, clients are encouraged to work alongside their bookkeeper, their accountant, or other financial advisors that they may be working with as they gather the information that's required to create that tool for us. Creation of that tool is a requirement for a business who's looking to apply for the BDC or EDC BCAP programs. Okay. So, Emily, my understanding with the EDC loan guarantee, EDC, it's guaranteeing 80% of the loan. So, in case the borrower unable to repay the full loan, EDC is going to pay back the bank, like BMO, the 80%. You know, BMO needs to get the 20% from the borrower, But the 80% also means that in the future, when a borrower is unable to pay, EDCs is going to have to deal with the borrower directly instead of the bank. Is that correct? So what you've mentioned about the 80-20 risk sharing arrangement, that is correct. Yes. So the EDC BCAP program is an 80% guarantee from the Export Development Bank in support of the lending to the borrower. Okay. But the co-lending works a little bit different because basically the money of the loan, it's 20% coming from the bank, the financial institution, and the 80% is coming from BDC because it's kind of like it's co-lending. You guys are borrowing the money together. So from, you know, there is no that guarantee. If, if the borrower is unable to repay the full amount, BDC is not going to cover the 80% and then giving it to the bank. Is that fair to say? So the BDC program is a co-lending program. It's a risk-sharing arrangement by way of a syndicated loan. And Mm. so it is a different structure than the EDC guarantee program. For many clients, what we're finding thus far is the EDC program may be 
simpler to administer and enable us to get funds into the hands of the clients more quickly. The documentation of the BDCBCAP program is a little bit more complex in nature. And so again, we're working alongside our clients to understand their unique needs and to be able to advise on what the most appropriate program for them is based on their unique situation. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Emily, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you? And then where should they visit? Which site within BMO they should visit to find all the help that they need during this crisis? So we have a number of resources available. Firstly, I would recommend visiting BMO.com COVID-19. Our COVID-19 Resource Center has information and resources available to help our clients understand what's available to support them during this time. And in addition, for women entrepreneurs who are interested in exploring some of the webinars, podcasts, and other resources that I mentioned, our BMOforWomen.com website is an absolutely fantastic place that is a central repository of all kinds of tools and information curated specifically for the needs of women entrepreneurs. What about you? Where can we find you? You can reach out to me anytime, emilym.kerr at bmo.com. Mm-hmm. Welcome the opportunity to connect with you or your audience. Oh, that's perfect. And then you are on LinkedIn as well. I am. Yes. Yes. So I will put all the information for my audience to reach out directly to you and to visit the BMO website. Emily, thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure, Christina. Thank you so much. If I was to offer parting remarks to your audience today, just remember, folks, you're braver than you think, stronger than you seem, and tougher than you think. Stay resilient, folks. This too shall pass. Yes, I agree with you completely. Thank you so much, Emily. Have a great day. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining me here every week at Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for women's entrepreneurs. Head on over to kristinashahli.com forward slash her CEO journey to subscribe for this podcast. And don't forget to tell other women entrepreneurs that this podcast is available for free in the podcast apps of their choice. Until next time, and let's continue to grow a business that fuels the life that you want to live.